Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Geekish Gas is a member of the Astro Panda Productions Network. Welcome back to Geekish Cast, the reigning world's heavyweight champion of geek talk on the internet. I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me today is Rob Eleanor, the creator and host of the Legacy of Power podcast. What's happening, Rob? Oh, not too much. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good, I guess. Uh, not bad for a Sunday morning where I stayed up painting till 2 a.m. <laughs> That does sound awfully fun. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real blast, especially when you get into like beer number nine and you're still trying to paint. <laughs> That's good times, good times. Mm-hmm. Hey, Not sure how good that painting probably went, but well, the, the corners are. I am going to have to paint the ceiling. I guess is the only way to really say it. <laughs> but um, so you have a show you call. Well, first off, you occasionally co-host uh, the Corner Gas podcast with my wife and myself. Mm-hmm. And you have your own podcast about the Power Rangers. Why don't you give us the name and tell us a little bit about it? All right. Well, it's Legacy of Power, a Power Rangers episodic podcast, which is kind of a play on the, the second movie with Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Okay. Uh, and basically, uh, I'll give you the gist of how I came up with doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I listened to a bunch of podcasts at the time. About half of them were like comic book related and about half of them were, uh, I'll name drop a couple, like The Simpsons Show, where they talk about The Simpsons one episode at a time, or Seinfeld, same kind of deal with Seinfeld. So I kind of wanted to do something, but I couldn't really pick what kind of podcast I wanted to do. And then it just occurred to me that uh, I grew up loving Power Rangers, and it it was kind of that middle ground. In be- or the first thing that came to mind, that was the middle ground between those two ideas. So, and there, there are a ton of Power Ranger podcasts, but I have never come across one that covers it an episode at a time. It's more just a broad topic on A discussion, Rangers, so. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that was kind of the thing that it, uh, when, well, you and I had been talking for a while before you even told me that you had a podcast. And it's because our other show, which has been renamed to uh, The View from Dog River, is an episodic takedown, or not takedown, but an episodic review of Corner Gas from beginning to end. So, when you told me you were doing the same thing with the Power Rangers, I thought it was quite appropriate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, and certainly um, of the show, the podcasts out there that do an episode by episode, I think this is the most uh, daunting <laughs> of any show I could probably pick since it's been on the air for 20 uh, over years. 20 years. Yeah. It, you, you definitely gave yourself a career here with it. <laughs> you're going you're yes, to have I've, some time to grow into I the show. I uh, basically decided I was going to keep doing it as long as it was fun. 
Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's all you can hope for. Um, so starting a podcast, what, what surprised you the most or what was the, the first cold smack of reality when you started, uh, started your podcast? What hit you the hardest that you weren't ready for first? Um, getting it going was the, the hardest thing because I really had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I had to do a lot of research on, you know, um, just how do you how to use uh, Audacity? Because that's what I've been using to record. I didn't know anything about recording, so I had to look into that. I had to get a microphone that was not horrible. <laughs> Some microphones I already had weren't really uh, didn't work very well with what I was trying to do. What was? And, do you remember what your first microphone you recorded your first episode with? Was it a crappy one? Was it a good one? Um, I. Well, I had gone to school for uh, emergency telecommunications, so I had like a headset with a microphone on it that I used in the course, and I tried to use that, but it just like the audio was um, really bad quality. So I never I, the microphone I use now is what every episode's been recorded with. Cause mm -hmm. I waited until I had this, and I like basically researched what's the best microphones for doing podcasts. What'd you get? Um. Uh, Trying to remember what it was called. Uh, Rod Podcaster. Oh, okay. Uh, see, I use the ATR twenty one hundreds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there was there was quite a list of yes, uh, what the, people thought were good, so I just kind of went with the one that had the best ratings. So. Yeah, there you go. See, what it was was I actually walked into a Fry's, um, and they had a markdown from seventy dollars to thirty five dollars, and so I just oh. bought I just bought two of them. Had I known that this was one of the ones that's always on the list, I would have bought them all and put them on eBay. But, you know, hindsight being what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and getting the uh, – figuring out how to get it on iTunes, I had to do quite a bit of research too. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you – so let's see here. And we'll talk We'll talk more about the Power Rangers in the show. But I'm as a fellow podcaster, I'm always interested mm -hmm. in the technical side. Sure. So um, when you were getting ready to set up, did you know you were going to have to use a media hosting company, or did you figure you could just upload it to some free place and do it from there? How did you go about finding out what to do with the episode once you had it recorded? Um, just from listening to podcasts quite a bit, I pretty much realized I needed a, a hosting site. So I, the one I use, it's the same site that the uh, the Signcast podcast I mentioned used. So I just looked into that it wasn't very expensive i didn't think it would be enough for what i needed mm -hmm. so so i went with that and you, uh, who'd you go with you went with libsyn right yeah yeah okay are you pretty happy with them yeah um and i i'm going to thank you because i uh, can't see any other reason why my um numbers jumped up so much but since you've been uh you know, help uh, promote my podcast. It, the numbers have uh, jumped up quite a bit. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I, I, otherwise, it's just some random coincidence. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> With, uh, and it could very well be. <laughs> but I'll take credit. Yes. Oh, what the heck? Uh, December was, like, by far my biggest numbers. So. Oh, that's excellent. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, about a year and a half, I would say. Uh, yeah, about then. Uh, the I'm, although I'm only on season two, but season one has uh, 60 episodes. So that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it was uh, in the the first year, anyways, for sure. It was on um, five days or six days a week, new episodes every day. 
Oh, wow. I didn't consider that. You're right. It was a daily show. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the, I, it was still on six days a week after that, but I think the amount of days where it was a new episode started dropping off as they went forward because there's isn't 60 episodes in the – well, I think season two has 52 episodes, and then it's like 50, and yeah. Well, and once they get a library built up, they can back off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So as far as the um, the Power Rangers go, mm-hmm. what do you remember? Like what it was that first really drew you in? I mean, I assume you were quite young when it came on, and it was just big, yes. colorful, and whatnot. Well, but, I have a very specific memory. Okay. Of why I watched the show. Um, what I saw first was the toy commercials, and they're just you know super flashy and the colors and. You know, dinosaur robots, and I was just like, oh, these seem fantastic. I need these toys. <laughs> and then uh, my friend Jason, who I'm still friends with to this day, um, we kind of became friends because of our shared love of this show, basically, uh, told me at school, it's going to be a show, too, you know, because it was already on TV in America, but in Canada, on this channel YTV, they didn't start showing it until like a month later. Gotcha. Because... Uh, Actually, by having the DVDs and seeing special features, I know that uh, Fox wasn't really – they didn't really see anything in it. They thought it was too different because, you know, they're taking this Japanese show, making putting American actors in it. They'd never really done something like that before. You know, that strikes me as so weird because you realize when I was a kid in the 70s, there were a lot of shows where they took a Japanese show – redubbed it in English or changed, you know, changed where yeah. actors were and then put it on American TV and we, Ultraman, Spectre Man, uh, Battle I have of seen the, Ultraman, yeah. yeah, Battle <laughs> of the Giants. There was also the, uh, the Star Chasers cartoon. We mm-hmm. ate that stuff up. So yes, it, uh, Saban that made parenters, like they had their name on overdubbing like Japanese cartoons. Yeah. And but the idea of, of like reshooting half the show and coming up with this new story based on this footage. Cause if you were to watch a dubbed version of the, of what season one comes from there, the stories aren't even similar at all. Oh, sure. Um, but so Fox put it on at seven thirty in the morning, originally in season one. And they were just going to show the, the, the 40 episodes what it was originally going to be. And then that's it. But it was so popular at 7.30 in the morning that I was getting better ratings than Batman at 4.30 in the afternoon, which was their number one show. It was outperforming so, Batman at the time? Batman the Animated Series, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I didn't realize anything in that, that area really did that. I didn't know that that many people watched Power Rangers. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, the uh, number one kid show for a really long time. <laughs> 20-some-odd years, apparently. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know. Yeah. It went up and down. Yeah, well, you know, there's always ups and downs. Um, so I have met three different uh, Power Rangers. I met. Okay. I met um, oh Steve Cardenas, who played Rocky. Yep. I met. Oh God, I can't remember her name. Uh, she played Aisha. Yeah, Karen Ashley. Yeah, Karen Ashley. And I yeah. did meet the Green Power Ranger, but only briefly in line at a buffet in Reno. Uh, I'm. Because there's been a lot of Power Rangers. I'm going to assume you mean uh, Jason David Frank? Yes. That played Tommy? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Confused so the original Green Ranger. Yeah. Well, it. so yes. we're we're at a convention, mm-hmm. and his pictures are up. And dude's, you know, pretty tattooed and looks like a bit of a badass. He's a little bit smaller than you would expect him to be. 
But, I've met uh, Jason Frank. Yeah, so like I expect him to be a little bit bigger than he was. Um, but I'm standing in line at the buffet counter, and he's like the guy right next to me in line. And this kid walks up to him and says, hey, anybody ever tell you you look like Tommy from the Power Rangers? And he looks around for a second, and he looks back at him, and he goes, no. And then he turns his head, and the kid walks off. I really wanted to ask him, I was like, so do you think he was fucking with you, or do you think he knew that that was you? But I just let it go, because I also realized if he punched me in the throat, I, I would be done. And if he was in a bad <laughs> mood, you know. Well, he seemed like a very nice guy when I met him. Yeah. Well, yeah, this was at a convention at dinner time when I'm sure, dude, you know, I'm sure this is like his regular weekend thing is traveling around to these things. And by the time you're oh, done, yeah. by the time you're done, you're fucking done. You know? Yeah. You don't want to talk to more people. Um, I get that completely because that's where – did you watch Doctor Who? Uh, no, I haven't okay. watched Doctor Who. Well, um, the, the actress that played Amy Pond, I bothered her during a uh, – a buffet line as well to get my picture taken with her. And she's really sweet. She's really nice about it. But I'm sitting there thinking about that later. I'm like, this is how they make their living when they're not actually working. This is where their money comes from is people paying to get their pictures taken with them. Yeah. And when they're done doing that or when they're getting something to eat, you know, just leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> you know, but it took me, it took me bothering somebody in line to realize that. Yes. I also have similar, uh, experience, although, they were not polite about it. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I went to uh, this uh, wrestling uh, pay-per-view, Bound for Glory, which is Impact Wrestling's biggest, like their WrestleMania, basically. Okay. And Ric Flair was in the company at the time, and I saw him at the hotel bar. It didn't look like he was with anyone because the girl sitting kind of near him looked like she was 20. Mm-hmm. So I just walked up and said, excuse me, and I was just wanted to shake his hand, you know, say nice to meet you or whatever, and I was going to be on my way, but he yelled at us <laughs> that he was with his wife, apparently. Yeah. Did he ask yeah. you for, Did he ask you to borrow money? No, he didn't <laughs> borrow money. He just yelled at me in the middle of the bar and made me feel like an idiot, but... Yeah, well, look, it's that thing where I get it. It's yeah. I, I don't think people should act like that. I don't think there's ever really a good reason to be a dick to somebody, but I get it, you know? Yeah, I hadn't even got a chance to say anything before he started yelling so yeah but you know i also came to that realization that i i you know if, if it's uh away from that kind of uh circumstance you should sleep alone yeah that's uh you know um it's funny that i'm going through an old school wrestling phase right now where i'm like on youtube watching a bunch of really old matches like i saw one where dusty Rhodes was still skinny oh that's hmm. that's how old some of these were yeah and um, because of that, I've been reading articles about different title histories and things. And one of the ones I saw was like 10 wrestlers you never want to meet, you know, and almost every story was like about meeting them in an airport. And I'm like, see, I saw a list that said, you know, that the so many wrestlers that are jerks in real life. And one of them was a current wrestler, Sasha Banks. Mm hmm. And I went to an NXT show, which is their developmental, and she was just kind of standing around being a ring announcer or whatever. And I was like, oh, Sasha Banks. And she looked at me and, like, ran over and gave me a hug just because I knew who she was. Yeah. Well, and this list that I read, like, almost all of them involved being at the airport. And I'm like, nobody wants to be bothered at the airport. 
<laughs> yeah, know, absolutely. I'm like, I'm an absolute nobody. And I've had strangers talk to me in an airport. And I'm like, look, I just had to drive for three hours to take a bus for 45 minutes to get from the parking lot to here to get, take my damn shoes off to get in line. Now I'm going to have to sit around in line for two hours. Nobody wants to be messed with in an airport. You know, something yeah. like that is an unfair article. Yeah. A lot of those articles, I think, are, uh, yeah. Well, I just reposted one this morning. It was like, our, our, you know, Justice League and Wonder Woman are terrible. Will blah, blah, blah be delayed? And this, this article gets written by somebody every week about how Batman isn't going to be made by Ben Affleck because the, the entire DC universe sucks. What I've realized now is that if you take a headline and it has a question mark in it, the answer is no. <laughs> Otherwise, there wouldn't be a question mark. I do really like those DC movies, so I'm... I probably wouldn't have opened that article to begin with. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm down to the point now where it's just like all the ones where I see about how Batman isn't going to get made because the next movie coming out is going to suck. You guys are just piling on now, you know. That's literally all you're doing is just piling on, you know. Oh, yeah. Batman versus Superman wasn't as good as it could have been. Therefore, the entire DC universe sucks. <laughs> And I loved that movie and saw it in theaters eight times. <laughs> I saw it twice. Now you know what I did notice. <clears throat> Is that the uh, when the home version, the extended cut came out? Yep. Every one of my problems was addressed. Yeah. Every one of the problems, but <laughs> what, well, the uh, the only thing that I was kind of hoping um, was in it that wasn't is that I just wanted some kind of confirmation on which Robin that is. The well, the costume that yeah I, I just think- wanted it. If, sure if it's, Todd, yeah, if it's a Robin killed by the Joker, unless they say otherwise, you have to assume it's Jason Todd. I just hope it's not Dick Grayson, that's all. <laughs> no, I don't think they'd do that. Honestly, I don't think, cause you're gonna need to do the Titan stories eventually, right? I mean, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and there, there's been some rumors about Nightwing being in, uh, the Batman movie, so. Yeah. And this, I think it was a good move also going with a, a Batman who's got a 20 year career. Yeah, I, I've always thought Batman should be a little bit older than everybody else, because mm-hmm. it's the only way you could explain how a mortal would have the time and uh, practice to compete with gods, you know? Yeah. Also, when they did the new 52 and all of a sudden Batman had only been around for five years, but he'd had five Robins in that same period of time. I was like, yeah, you I guys the, really didn't think about this. Yeah, Batman was uh, the problem I had. with the, I do like the new 52, but... Um, it was like the Batman writers didn't want to do anything, so they mm-hmm. just left it alone. Or I like if it was up to me, I would thought make Dick Robin again for at least a little while. Yeah. If you're rebooting everything. Yep. Um, my problem. I had a I had a bunch of problems with the new Fifty Two, but <laughs> here's the thing: I am older, so I you know whenever you change anything, I'm like, oh, you changed it. It sucks. But. When they took everybody and put them in mock turtlenecks, I was like, "Why? Why do they all have the same outfit now?" Yeah, and, and I, they, like I know it's in the Superman costume, but I do really like the new Fifty Two Superman costume. So really, oh, I thought the thing was shit on toast. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And go ahead. It seems like everyone's problem is the the uh, the red tights are off. Um, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the lack of the underwear. Uh, did you see that they've given him another new costume here pretty soon? No. And, and it's back to uh, red boots. Mm. It, it's going to have a red belt with a uh, metallic Superman shield buckle on it. Okay. Um, 
uh, they got rid of the weird the weird metallic sleeve caps too that he had. But otherwise, it's basically just the classic Superman costume with with a bigger belt without tights. Mm. So it's yeah, not, not yeah, it's not the armored look. Um, it's not the immediate rebirth where he was wearing red, blue boots with a blue suit. So it's got a little more delineation to it. Yeah, the rebirth. Uh, I do like rebirth, but uh, the fact that people are all of a sudden okay with Superman because it's like the pre-Flashpoint Superman, mm-hmm. it kind of bothers me. <laughs> yeah, still the same character, pretty much. But. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've I've been quoted <laughs> out loud as saying the real Superman when talking about him. So, oh. <laughs> so you know. But anyhow. Um, so let me ask you, were you always into, uh, I mean, you're into comics, you're into wrestling, you definitely got your geek cred. <clears throat> what was the first thing that really got you going with this kind of stuff? Was it Power like, Rangers? As a kid? Or? Yeah, as a kid. Um, no, because I definitely liked Ninja Turtles, and that was before that. Okay. <clears throat> it's either Ninja Turtles or Superman, because I do remember... Uh, just seeing the, I didn't know what Superman was, but just seeing a VHS that said Superman. So I was like, oh, and begged my mom to buy it for me. And it was at like some, like drugstore when I was a kid. Uh, Big V, which doesn't exist anymore and I'm pretty sure only existed in Canada. Um, but, uh, and it was actually, I didn't realize this until I was in college, but it's actually the like 1940s cartoon. Oh, okay. The Max Fleischer stuff. Yeah. The quality is so high that I assumed yeah. it was from, like, the 70s or 80s. Yeah, no, it looked amazing. Well, I can't remember who it was that approached him. He didn't want to do it. Yeah, so he so they threw money at him. Yeah. yeah, well, that was the thing. So he said, yeah, I'll do it for an obscene amount of money. And they said, all right, perfect. Yeah, here you go. Here's a check. <laughs> but Yeah, it, I did. Uh, I took animation history in college, so I, I'd heard that one, but... Yeah, it looks incredible for, especially for being from the 40s, because mm-hmm. anything else I saw in that class from the 40s certainly didn't look anything like that. Well, and since you took a class, you can, you can tell me, that was rotoscoped, wasn't it, Superman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they acted it out and then completely, yeah, that's why it looks so good. The, the, all the movements are real movements. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing about that that doesn't hold up is some of the stories are a little weak. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Either. Yeah. Uh, but it looked amazing. Um, you notice people always fall. Well, uh, the Batman animated look and universe kind of, they tried to go back to something more along that Max Fleischer kind of moody look and feel. Mm-hmm. It's definitely much more stylized. Yeah. But, yeah. That was, uh, definitely a purpose. Yeah. Um, that they were going for that look. But, um, yeah, that's always the one that you can hear people talk about. So you, you discovered Superman in that way, huh? Mm hmm. See, I don't know. For me, it was ubiquitous. I mean, Superman was just always around, especially the George Reeves TV series. I had not seen that until like last year. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I I was a kid, that was on all the time. Yeah, I wasn't on anymore. I think the the 60s Batman show was on a lot when I was a kid, but not anything. Because Superman was black and white, right? Yes. I don't think I saw anything black and white in TV when I was a kid besides uh, Honeymooners. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and that's because my grandpa really liked it, so I watched it with him. No, that that's fair. Yes, yeah, I'm a big, I love old TV. Like, I still watch The Addams Family and The Munsters, The Monkeys. 
And when I, when I did watch this Superman uh, George Reeves show, I was surprised with the one episodes I saw anyway with how uh, strong of a female character Lois was for the time. Yeah. I expected the damsel in distress kind of thing because of the time it was made. Yeah, I mean, and she still is used as a damsel in distress in there, but just not all the time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I remember that show as a kid. I liked it quite a bit. Um, so who was your favorite superhero growing up then? Uh, my favorite fictional character mm-hmm. of uh, all time is Dick Grayson. Okay. Yeah, I just... Uh, I. When I've thought about it, I thought it probably comes from that 60s show because I thought Batman in that was so lame (laughs) (laughs) that I loved Robin. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Nightwing, I guess, is my favorite uh, superhero. All right. So do you you follow his his comic book appearances and all that, too? Yeah. All right. Uh, I assume you read the Judas Contract then. Yes, I... uh, I uh, came across it. There was a comic book store in my city that only sold like old comics. Mm-hmm. So I was buying like old New Teen Titans, not really realizing when they were from. But yes, I have. Uh, yeah, I have the. Forget which issue it is, but part of the Judas contract that's his first appearance as Nightwing. I have yeah. it signed by uh, George Perez. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That really is. Yeah, I'm rereading. I'm I'm going through and buying them uh, in the collected volumes, but I'm rereading the New Teen Titans great yeah, series. It's, it's a great series so i was a little uh, disappointed with the animated series because it looked like it was going to be based on it and then it was incredibly silly <laughs> well it was it was loosely based on it yeah yeah quite loosely yes. very loosely but <laughs> they're talking about doing the judas contract as an animated show here pretty soon too oh i hope so That'd well but i'm afraid they're gonna put damien in the robin role and i can't stand that little bastard <laughs> i really can't uh, I don't know if he's my least favorite Robin, because Jason Todd as Robin is probably my least favorite Robin. But Jason Todd in general, I like more, so. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing interesting stuff with him now, too. Yeah, I like Red Hood, but when he was Robin, I wasn't wasn't yeah. much of a fan. Did you Do you play the uh, the Arkham games? Uh, not very much. Okay. I've hardly ever played. I'm not a big gamer, so. Well, if I spoil it, then I'm not ruining anything for you. No, no, no. No, okay. go ahead. So there's the third game in the series was Arkham Knight, and they kept saying, mm-hmm. oh, it's an original character. And then I played about ten minutes of the game, and I say to a friend of mine online, I, I told him, I was like, if this guy turns out to be Jason Todd, I'm going to be fucking irritated. You get in a couple hours into the game, oh, yep, it's Jason Todd, everybody. I said, oh, God, come on. Because this story's been beat to uh, death now, you know. Yeah. I've heard that uh, the rumor that that's what the uh, Under the Red Hood is what Ben Affleck wants to adapt for the movie. Um, depending on how they do it, I'll be okay with it. But trying to take the same story and make it something else really did not sit well with me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, you've seen the animated movie Under the Red Hood, right? Oh, yeah. It's awesome. I, one of the best Batman movies out there. Or like, yeah. Out of sure. all of them, yeah. Yeah, I think it's better than um, most of the live-action movies, I'll say. Mm-hmm. I have certain nostalgia for a certain one that everybody seems to hate, but I love. So. Is it Batman Forever? <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> that Our, probably has more to do with uh, Robin than anything well, else. Well, Jules, Jules and I's son, he, he loves that movie. 
And yeah. I'd, I'd make fun of him. He's like, Dad, I was a little kid when I came out. I'm like, shut up. You know, it doesn't make it I, okay. I Yeah, I do love it. And I think the only thing that saves it from being like Batman and Robin is the casting. Because I think probably with the script, it's just as bad. But with, uh, I don't know, Tommy Lee Jones didn't do a fantastic job. But Jim Carrey and Chris O'Donnell was a perfect Robin, I think, for that. And uh, Val Kilmer is a much better Batman than George Clooney. Yeah, he absolutely was. And, and casting Arnold Schwarzenegger as a scientist is questionable at best. Yeah, they should have gone with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> well, Patrick Stewart would have been a better choice, but, you know. He was busy back then. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. He was busy then. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren's actually a chemical engineer. That's the thing that always blows me away. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've really seen him in much, but yeah, he was he was a a passable version of the Punisher for the time that it came out. Back when just, superhero movies were terrible, no matter what. Huh. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go out of your way to watch it. It's not that good. <laughs> well, it's probably better than that David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie. Yeah, it's probably better than that. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, I have seen that. Uh, yeah, it was. I saw it when it came out. I don't remember it real well. Um, I don't really want to, I don't think. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's been some terrible stuff. So you're going to keep doing the um, the Power Rangers stuff until you either get tired of it, it isn't fun, or you run out of episodes, huh? Yes, but the running out of episodes is probably uh, a long ways off since like the uh, the new season starts next week. Yeah, that, that's probably, <laughs> you got a little bit of time there. Um, so you're halfway through season two right now. Just about the, uh, next weekend's episode will be uh, Tommy's return as the white ranger. So, okay. So that literally gives you roughly, if you do one episode a week and never miss one, each... I do multi-parters in one episode though. Okay. I was say, but that gives you roughly one year per season. Uh, roughly. It's yeah. It's season three is will be super short because there's so many multi-parters. It'll only be like twenty podcasts. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, then, and it kind of goes down. It goes down to fifty, and then once it gets into like the era when Disney owned it, they start cutting the episodes farther and farther back. Oh, I didn't know Disney owned it. Yeah, starting with Wild Force, which is the worst season ever, if you ask me. <laughs> Uh, well, that was kind of the middle ground because Saban started making it and then Disney bought the show. So they, uh, took the ideas they had put in place and made the show. Uh, and they stopped with RPM, which was about 2008 or 9, I think. But that season's fantastic because they were, the creators were under the impression that this was going to be it. So Disney didn't really care what they did. So they, uh, just completely made their own story from the Japanese footage they had. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of out there. It's in a parallel universe where robots have taken over the earth and the only humans left are in this dome. So it's, it's, hmm. uh, it's much, it's not like, you know, teenagers in high school fighting aliens like a lot of seasons are. Yeah. Well, let me, you know, I'm going to ask you this cause I really don't know much about the power Rangers. Yeah, um, what, right. what is kind of the, the core basic concept? I mean, even if we just start with the first season, what is kind of the initial concept or what's kind of the idea behind a, a Power Rangers setup or story? 
well, like the the storyline of season one per se. Well, so. just I mean, like what's the, I mean, you say you know it's it's high school kids fighting monsters, but why are they fighting them? You know, where where do their abilities come from? Just kind of give me the basic core concepts of it. Okay, well, uh, season one's story kind of develops over time, where like ten thousand years ago, there was this alien, like the, an alien war, basically, with all these. Um, evil people fighting the good guys and the good guys were led by this this guy Zordon that uh had um like had these coins that gave people powers so that's how they fought back against the aliens and he ended up imprisoning this this the witch Rita into this capsule that he left where I always thought was the moon but when I rewatched it it can't be the moon it must be just a planet that's supposed to be close to earth because mm-hmm. it, it, you can see the Earth and the Moon in the in the uh, the clip. Okay. Um, but astronauts accidentally let her out, so then she decides to uh, get back at Zordon and attack Earth because she had left him in this time warp that made him stuck on Earth. So he picks uh, five people that he thinks are best qualified to take these powers. And fight, uh, fight back so that she doesn't take over the earth. So it ends up being these five teenagers. All right. So yeah. how do they? It's a little bit. Kind of reminds me of something like the Green Lantern Corps. Then how do they choose the kids that that he gives these uh, abilities to and their robots to? <laughs> well, you know, it is a kid show, and they did establish the entire continuity in one episode in season one. So mm-hmm. it's just like he needs. Five. Uh, I'm trying to remember the because he has like this robot helper that does everything for him. Okay. So I think he says that he needs five over emotional and uh, oh, what's the other word? I don't know. Mm. Over emotional and something something humans and the robot says, "Oh, teenagers." Oh, and then he picks them. So it's kind of a joke, but okay, because they wanted it to be teenagers so kids could relate, right? If oh, they're sure. In later seasons, a lot of times they are adults. Like there's one, uh, Lightspeed Rescue was the tagline, and like the Red Ranger was a firefighter, and the Green Ranger was uh, like a fighter pilot basically, and the Pink Ranger was a nurse, and you know, so they had jobs. So obviously they're adults. <laughs> you you would think. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> We've kind of tried to get away from child labor, but um, you know. <laughs> Well, and the, and uh, the continuity from seasons one to six is continuing, so they get older and you know graduate high school at some point. So I think right after the Turp movie. Yeah, and that was one of the questions I had too, because um, you know, like I said, I met the guys that played Rocky and Aisha, and I knew yep. they weren't. I knew they weren't the first Red and Yellow Ranger. No, so I didn't. They were the second. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, they kind of moved the story forward at points. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they don't really ever say why uh, Austin St. John that played Jason or Walter Jones that played Zach or Dwight Trang that played Trini, which were the original red, black, and yellow, why they left the show. Mm-hmm. But it was like abruptly left the show. Like some of the overdubbing in the fight footage obviously isn't them. So they obviously left before they did the ADR and sometimes like it's obvious that those three actors aren't in an episode and they've just written around it until they figured out a way to re- replace them in the story. So, But the general consensus is that they asked for more money. Saban said no, so they said, all right, I'm out of here then. Oh, wow. And I also know there's there's a really ugly story about the Blue Ranger. 
and I think it was the first one. The the, the actor was gay. And yeah, and he was he was on for like he was on the show for like five years. Yeah, but they apparently they were just brutally mean to him. Uh, yeah, I heard an interview with him that it was like a producer that was really. Oh, mean it was to one him. okay, but I know he ended up quitting, and then he tried one of those pray the gay away things, and if I'm not mistaken, either contemplated or attempted suicide as well. Okay, and it's well, yeah. like I said, if I'm not mistaken, I could be. I just remember I read that story, and I was just like, that is horrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I, it, the interview I heard was with him, so he said it was a producer that was consistently mean to him. I think it was during his last year, so I don't know. It didn't sound like it was his whole time on the show. Okay. Well, and if I remember right, what I read was like nine paragraphs. It wasn't a real in-depth thing. But mm. still, it's just a, you know, it's a horrible work environment, and <laughs> it sounds like they were trying to do these shows as cheap and dirty as possible. So I'm, I'm <laughs> actually surprised the turnover wasn't higher. You know yeah, I mean? and uh, the Japanese shows a new cast every year because mm-hmm. it's like one story, um, and they didn't really start doing that until uh, season seven. Then they just the cast changed every year, so now there's lots of turnover. <laughs> yeah. Well, now now it's uh it's supported. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, because like uh, uh, Macross Robotech actually yeah. took a bunch of unrelated cartoons. And then when they wrote the American scripts or the English language scripts, it just made references back to each other and pretended these unrelated things were just part of a massive saga that covered, covered almost a hundred years. <laughs> and it's actually, I mean, the results they got by doing that were pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of Robotech, but not very much. Yeah, it was outstanding. How about, were you old enough at all to remember Voltron? Uh, I only know of it, but oh, no. Okay. Yeah, that is one that very much reminds me kind of of the uh, Power Rangers. I'm fairly certain it's the same Japanese company that made the original. Yeah. Well, because were the what were the, the 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 oh dang it the animals they drove in the first series of Power Rangers were they lions or was there a lion in there? No, it was dinosaurs. It was dinosaurs. Season one. Okay. Because the original Voltron, the first season, it's all lions. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's been lion uh, zords, is what their robots are called. Okay. Uh, there's been lions, but not like they're not all lions. There's a lion in the. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm pretty sure it's a very similar concept. Well, I'm sure you got you know five zords in this case, and they combine into one large you know fighting robot. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the idea anyway. <laughs> I wonder why we never did that as an American. Like, there should be like a superhero team that <laughs> does that. Like, you know, like an established one. Like, take the Fantastic Four, give them robots. Oh, okay. them. yeah. I got gotcha. you. I wasn't sure you were going with that. <laughs> no, no, but well, I guess they did that already when they when when they did a Japanese version of Spider Man. He had a giant robot. Did he? Oh, yeah, Leopardon. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. <laughs> yeah. It went- I do remember when I saw the trailer, I forget what the movie was called. It was a couple of years ago where there's like giant aliens and giant robots. Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. That I remember saying to one of my friends, if they're making a movie with giant robots fighting giant monsters and it's not Power Rangers, I'm not interested. <laughs> it, um, I, I can tell you it wasn't very good. <laughs> it, they, well, worked, they worked so hard to make it look like a, an anime series that there was a little Asian girl that when she laughed, she actually covered her mouth with her hand. 
you know, that's pretty stereotypical there, guys. Well, hopefully this Power Ranger movie is better then. That's coming out in a few months. Yeah, well, um, I'll tell you what. They did not spare on the cast of the villains at all. They got Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Banks. I mean, they've got some names oh, in this. Um, Brian Cranston's playing Zordon, so he's a good guy. Oh. I guess I just assume he's a bad guy now. <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, little tidbit, I don't know if you knew, but Brian Cranston did the voice of two different monsters in season one of Power Rangers. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, uh, Twin Man was one of them. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other one off the top of my head, but yes. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he played the, uh, the dentist who switches to Judaism yeah. in Seinfeld. Yes, he did, and he was the annoying neighbor on King of Queens. That I didn't know. Uh, yes, I, I love King of Queens. So did I, you guys I, ever get a show up there called Babylon 5? Yes, but I never okay. watched it. <laughs> there, well, you know what? Sometime, Robbie, when you've got like a really long period of time and nothing to do, check out seasons two through four of Babylon 5. Just skip season one? <laughs> I'd skip season one. It's not okay. it's not all terrible, but I I think you can get most of it from two, three, and four. I'd skip season five because the show was canceled, and then Turner bought it, and they had already wrapped up the story, and then had to create twenty additional episodes. Oh, uh, okay. So you get a nice send off for characters, but some of the setup just isn't there. But it's literally Babylon Five is a episodic. That means if shit ends in one episode. It comes back later. Oh, okay. And it carries through a whole story. And imagine Lord of the Rings plus Star Trek or Star Wars. <laughs> and that's kind of this thing. Well, Brian Cranston played a ship captain and a quote-unquote ranger. Okay. Th- and he's ordered to take his ship in and sacrifice himself and his entire crew so the enemies will recover false data tapes from his ship. And it's funny when you see him on there because he plays this very heroic character who's just been ordered to commit suicide and take hundreds of other people with him. And then you look at that and go, "Oh, hey, it's the funny, uh, the funny dentist from Seinfeld." <laughs> uh, and I did remember him quite, uh, quite well from Malcolm in the Middle. I think mm-hmm. I was probably at the right age for that. I doubt it's very good now, but you know what? We actually just watched the first five episodes of that the other day, or maybe two months ago. It was still pretty funny. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. Because while the parents are over the top, they're they're more more like real life people than most people on television. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Um. So you're also getting ready to start another podcast in February. Yes. Why don't you give me a little rundown on what you're doing now? Okay. So, um, I as I said, was a big wrestling fan and. Uh, my favorite wrestling company is uh, TNA Impact Wrestling. They kind of go back and forth on what the company name is. Um, but And it's been my favorite company since like 2002. I was never really a WWE guy. so. Um, and they get a lot of flack on, uh, online. Like people just hate on It's just the company to hate on. You know what I mean? And it drives me crazy. So I decided to make a podcast to... Um, talk about the positives, you know, talk about how great the product is and how great the roster is and all the good things they're doing. So I'm going to do a monthly podcast where I cover uh, the product, like the, the weekly show. If there's a pay-per-view that month, I'm going to cover the pay-per-view, uh, go over the matches, and I'm going to grade it segment by segment. Like, you know, this is this segment's an A or a B or, you know. Okay. And why I feel that way. And 
Well, also, didn't uh, the company that just bought TNA Wrestling or whatever they're going to call yeah. it is a Canadian company, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Anthem. They own the Fight Network up here in Canada, which uh, used to not show any wrestling. It was just like boxing and MMA, and then they started showing Impact, mm-hmm. and it must do really well for them because now they show Impact plus two other TNA shows. Uh, and they show Ring of Honor, and they show Lucha Underground. Uh, no, they don't show Lucha Underground. They show AAA and CMLL, which are both uh, Mexican promotions. They yeah. show New Japan. They show ICW, which is some random indie from the UK. Like it, half the time, they're showing wrestling now. So well, you know, and here's the thing. I so I'm like an old school wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I preferred NWA stuff. I, I'm not a fan of Vince McMahon's product typically yeah I, I think he's done some smart things here and there but i think he also he cleared the field and then destroyed wrestling as a whole to turn it into whatever he turned it into <laughs> and one of the things i've heard though is that in the uk um pro wrestling is beginning to flourish yeah what? yeah there's a real big uh scene there that's why wwe's doing that uk uh well, of course, tournament right now because they got to fuck it up for everybody yeah, they're trying to monopolize the, the whole yeah. world, it seems. Although uh, there's no way that'll work in Japan or Mexico because of the promotions that are already there are so strong. Yeah, well, the like, promotions that are there are stronger than wrestling's ever been here. Yeah, like New Japan still yeah. does the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And like like TNA could not do uh, a dome, <laughs> even though they're the second biggest promotion in North America. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's like being the, the cleanest end of a turd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because I, I do you know who Jim Cornette is? I think he's an idiot. I don't tell you that much. Okay, but I'm I, not a fan of Jim Cornette. I think his opinions are rather uh, rather strongly stated. Yes, but that's, when you go through, nice yeah, when you go through though, and you check out what he says, like I watched some uh, matches from Texas where the Von Erichs were wrestling there. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, half that audience or more was girls. Half oh, the audience or more was too. girls. And then I go back and you watch like NWA shows, and when the Rock and Roll Express came out, man, the, the place is just flooded with chicks. You yeah. watch, you watch a wrestling show now, and it's guys from your age to my age carrying around a uh, a replica title belt. <laughs> Those guys, I tell you. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's you know, in like you know Jim Cornette because I listen to his podcast all the time because I think he's funny. Um, okay. Yeah, I think he's hilarious, especially when he gets off on a roll. But you know what he'll tell you is, you know, wrestling back in these days they drew bigger numbers than you get now. You know, wrestlers made more money. You know, even even the small guys made more money back then than the big guys are making now. So that's well, kind of where I why I approach it from. All right. Um, I will say though, because I've been watching New Japan lately, that I've noticed that that like. Uh, not that you're going to know who these guys are, but like Okada won the main event of their Wrestle Kingdom show, which is Tokyo Dome. And there was women in the crowd crying. They were so happy about Okada winning. Mm-hmm. Like this, And uh, another show, this guy Tanahashi was leaving. And these girls are like crowding him like he was a rock star and like trying to get him to wipe his sweat with the towel they had and then give it back to him. Yeah. Like I, I was watching this thinking – I've never seen people like people like well want a high five from the wrestler and that's it. Not acting like this yeah. is you know the biggest rock star in the world or something like they were going insane like 
mobs of people coming after this guy. Well, and it blows me away too. Like Japanese wrestling, you go watch it. Go watch a Hulk Hogan match from Japan, and all of a sudden Hulk wow. Hogan knows wrestling holds. And you're yeah, like, what? What the Vincent hell? Vincent wrestle like yeah. that. And then I, I just saw a clip the other day. It might have been Antonio Inoki. I don't remember who it was, but okay. But Hulk Hogan gave him an Enzugiri. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen that, actually. I've never seen Hogan take two feet off the mat for anything besides the big leg drop. Mm-hmm. You know? It just, you know, it blows me away. You go to Japan. Now, the thing I the thing I like a little bit more about, say, the Japanese style of wrestling is they have what they call the strong style. Yeah. Which the guys literally kick the shit out of each other, really. Yeah. Um, there was a match from last year's Wrestle Kingdom. That was, I just called Japanese wrestlers by their last name because it's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was Ishii versus uh, Shibata, and that was the brutalest match I've ever seen. They, there's one um, moment where they both headbutt each other in the head. Like, so it's head to head, and man, that's, that's brutal. And you see them ring each other's bells really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Made me cringe, and, you know, usually wrestling doesn't make me cringe very much, but. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, like, my brother will tell me, like, oh, you should get the WWE Network because you can go back and watch the old AWA matches and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know what happens to me a lot of times? Like, you know, I was four when Star Wars came out. Yeah. And that fight scene between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi, in my mind, it was like this huge epic battle, right? And then you go and you watch it, and it's two old dudes prodding each other with sticks. <laughs> and, like, I remember there was a there was a New Year's Eve Kurt Henning versus Nick Bockwinkle for the title. Yeah. And it, and it went 60 minutes. And mm-hmm. it was just the, the most holy shit match I'd ever seen. And then I tried to watch it years later. I'm like, were they just in a headlock for 15 minutes? <laughs> were they really just on the mat yeah. flat for 15 minutes? You know? Uh, I find that like old school wrestling a little, a little slow for me sometimes. Yeah. Like later NWA, I'm, I like a lot, but like I watched the first arcade and I had a rough time with that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what, I just watched a couple weeks ago, and this is, there's been some things that I've been trying to refine, and one was the War Games, and it was Dusty Rhodes, the Road Warriors, Paul Ellering, versus the Four Horsemen, and J.J. Dillon, and it was two rings under a cage, side by side. War Games. Yeah, that thing was actually, it held up pretty well. And the Road Warriors, anytime you have a squash match that they they played in, Ugh. still holds up. Because <laughs> they just, they hit the ring and they just, you know, they clear it. Yeah, they just, I've never seen them sell anything. No. <laughs> you wouldn't hire, yeah, you wouldn't hire them to work at your car lot. <laughs> they, they don't sell cars, they're nothing. Oh. Yeah, like people always say they're the greatest tag team of all time, but I've never seen a match of theirs that I really thought was good because I want to see a compelling match where it's obvious they're going to win the whole time because they're just piling yeah. through people. No, if you want to see a good tag team match, I'd say probably the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express or the Rock and Roll yeah, Express I've, versus the Four Horsemen. Uh, Those I've would be ones to watch. the cage match with uh, Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express. That was really good. Yeah. Those are ones because that was... Those guys knew how to tell a story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when the, the Rock and Roll Express guys are getting the shit beat out of them, you felt bad for them. They look like you know they look like a whipping boy in the ring. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It just those guys are ones that I could watch. But anyhow, 
Um, we are out of time there, Rob. Thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everybody again where they can find you? All right. Well, as far as uh, my podcast is concerned, that's currently going because I don't have anything set up for. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I will say that the the wrestling podcast will be called uh, Pop In for Impact Wrestling because they're on the Pop Network in America, and a pop is also a wrestling term for a crowd reaction. So there you go. Uh, and my uh, Power Rangers podcast you can find on iTunes by searching Legacy of Power or on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Legacy of Power podcast. And uh, if you want to ask me any more questions, you can email me at Legacy of Power at uh, Outlook.com. There you have it. All right, everybody. Well, go give uh, Rob's show a listen. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us at geekishcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. And I tweet from at the geekishcast. We are a member of the Astro Panda Network. Uh, hopefully, we'll be promoting our sister shows here pretty soon. We are also now on Blog Talk Radio as well as SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and Google, whatever they have their thing on now. Robbie, hey, thanks for coming on, man. No problem. And we'll catch you all later. Geekish Cast is a Vias and Victor production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zaius. Check them out at reignofzaius.net. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.